Hey guys, it's me, but we're not going to get into the episode just yet because I want to introduce today's sponsor, and that is Anchor. Anchor is what I use to upload and distribute my podcast on platforms like Spotify and Apple Music, but you can also use it to record and edit an episode right from your computer or phone for free. You can also use it to make money from your podcast without a minimum listenership. All you need to get started on your podcast is all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. See you soon. Welcome back to another episode of The Bonnet Talks with your host, Ama Apia. In today's episode, I sit down with entrepreneur and fellow podcaster, Maya Fleming, to talk about financial self-care. What exactly does that mean? Well, as defined by Maya, financial self-care is any activity or action that gets you closer to your ideal dream state. This means having enough money to use it as a tool to create our dream lives. Maya and I talk about the ways she has tried to achieve this since graduation, how to budget according to your values, and yes, the horrifying, atrocious student loan debt that most of us have to deal with. Such important advice that we all need to hear. I hope you guys enjoy it. It was so great to have Maya on. She really opened my eyes to a lot of new things in terms of money, spending, how to plan for the future. Maya is the host of the Gentler podcast, which talks about all things self-care, including financial self-care. And that is why I wanted to bring her on the show because I thought the idea of financial self-care is so important and it's something that we don't really talk about in terms of the intersectionality between finances and self-care, it just, it never would have crossed my mind. And advice has actually really forced me to confront myself on how I spend and what I'm actually spending my money on. Because she said something, for example, about looking at your bank statements and seeing what they actually say about you. And girl, <laughs> I was like, I've been waiting for this one. Turn it up. Yeah, when she asked that, I was like, honey, you got a big storm coming. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode and found it as valuable as I did. I'm definitely going to apply the advice to my life. I have been already, but I definitely want to share that all with you guys. So you could also benefit. And with that, have a good week and I will see you next time. Bye. Hi. Hello, Maya. <laughs> Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? Pretty good. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Perfect. Okay, I'm so glad you have a mic and everything. Yes. So awesome. Because you're a fellow podcaster. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand the struggle of like, you know please at least have headphones. Like. <laughs> yeah, you know the drill already, but it's so nice to meet you officially. You too. Um, I've loved your podcast so much. Um, I think you're incredible and your whole like branding and like color scheme and everything is fantastic. So Thank you. Really That's like my baby. I'm like, oh, it has to fit perfectly. Like. <laughs> I know because I'm someone who's so like, I'm in for the aesthetics. So mm -hmm. as soon as I saw your stuff, I was like, oh my gosh, like she's so awesome with that. Like you have a good eye for it. Thank so, you. Yeah. I was actually just um, watching a Brooke Michio uh, vlog and she brought up your podcast and like, <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. Like, yeah. That's so awesome. She has her on there. How are you today? Is everything good? Like, Feeling yeah, good. everything is good. I um, have been up all weekend, like trying to put together like my personal website aside from Gentler. Um, oh. So that finally went live yesterday. And I finally Congrats. thank Congrats. you. I laid down at like six or seven. I was like, I'll just take a little nap. And I woke up and it was like 10pm. I was like, Oh, God, like, I'm just gonna go to bed. Like, <laughs> so now that that's all done, like, I, I feel much more rested and like good and just ready yeah. to kind of put out more content. Like, I feel like I just have so much stuff I just want to like share and say. Yeah. So now I'm feeling like energized about it, I think. That's so exciting. And honestly, like you probably needed that nap. Like you needed, you probably. Oh my God. Like, yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. Because I'm someone who's always, I'm scared to take naps because I literally am the same way. I'm like, oh, I need to take a nap for like 10 minutes. And then two hours later, it's like, oh yeah. God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad that like you feel re-energized and congrats on your website. Thank That's you. That's awesome. Cause I know how much work that like goes into that. So yeah. And like I have, so I had myfleming.com a few years ago um, and then just fell off, got burned out a little bit. And I've had the domain for like since then, like for years, literally. Oh. Um, and I don't know. I just like lately, I just wanted to have that outlet. And it took me like two days to go ahead and do everything I've been like planning on doing for years now so 
I'm just happy it's done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Bonnet Talks. And today I have another good guest, Maya Fleming. She is a fellow podcaster. Her podcast is called The Gentler Podcast, and she's focused on self-care, financial self-care, and all of that jazz. And I think it's such a hot topic that everyone's been talking about, and there's so many ways of, of approaching it. And I think Maya has done a really great um, job in talking about all of those aspects and being really intersectional about it. So um, that is why I really love your podcast. And I'm so excited when I was so excited when you reached out to me saying that you'd love to be on the show because I was like, this is absolutely perfect <laughs> because I love your content. And I think you have such valuable advice to give to people in regards to self-care. So so glad Thank to you. have you on. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So the first thing that I'm going to do today is just basically talking about what you're proud of um, this past week. So what is something that you were excited about, happy that you accomplished? And then what is something that you were look, hoping to improve upon in this next week? Yeah. So we were just talking and I am definitely most proud of my website going up, mayafleming.com. And I think um, this next week, I really want to work on establishing some good systems in place to where I don't have to, you know, I can have more of a break, like work can actually end and I can be done with work and just yeah. that involves doing a little bit more every day instead of just slamming everything on like one day and like just staying up all night. Like, yeah. I will love the day when I can finally be like, okay, five o'clock is here. I can really just sit here and watch TV for the rest of the night. Like, I can't yes. wait. And I'm, I'm going to be working towards that, like intentionally and diligently this week for sure. Oh, and that's awesome. That's actually funny because I was going to say the exact same thing for what I need to improve upon because mm -hmm. I'm also someone who will spend time work, work, working and it's fine. But at some point you burn out you can't, mm -hmm. you can't do it all. You have to be able to say, okay, like enough's enough. Like I'm done, shut it off for the day. But it's so hard to do so especially with our kind of work where it's social media mm -hmm. and like you're you feel like you're on it all the time you know so yeah it always feels like work 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 you're on um and I also think I could be a little bit more efficient in getting my stuff done too <laughs> yeah and I like totally like I agree like when I think about what I'm actually spending time doing it's like Instagram because it's become such a huge time suck because I'm trying to source an image and like write the caption and like tag whatever and do all that right in the yeah. moment when maybe I could set aside an hour a day and just do it so I don't have to rush and like spend a million hours doing it at once like yeah, if I yeah. could just get more on top of the task I could have more more energy and more more space for a break I think exactly that's I was right before um our chat we are I was actually like looking online for um like social media schedule like platform mm -hmm. so I can like plan all those things out ahead of time because I'm also the same way where I just sit down and just write everything out like as it's going and it's like why why am I putting myself yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well okay so that is something I need to improve on so we're all the same page with that but something I am proud of this week um, is if you haven't been following me on my personal Instagram or you know haven't been following along on that I recently announced that I'm going to grad school and I'm headed to Maya's city actually Washington DC yes. for grad school, which is so exciting. Um, so that's something I'm very proud of uh, for announcing, I guess, this week. I guess the announcement yeah. I'm very proud of. What are you studying? So I'm going for my global MBA. Um, so oh, I'll nice. be going to the uh, George Washington University. So I'll be right in the city. It'll be great. I don't really know that many people in DC. So I'm really glad that you'll be there because then I yeah, can really get Yeah, please reach out to me. Like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And there's just so much going on. Obviously, it's kind of chaotic between like Corona and then the protests and everything. And then the elections will be happening later this year. So it's going to be a very interesting time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, my for gosh. Sure. How long have you been in D.C. for? Um, so I started college fall 2015. So coming up on my fifth year. Yeah. Wow. Or coming up, I guess, to complete my fifth year. Mm -hmm. oh, uh, what school? So I went to Georgetown. Georgetown. Um, mm -hmm. So oh that was from GW. Um, An intellectual, I stand. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. No, I mean, like, I, I'll admit, like, I did, I did well in high school. I think college, I had so many stressors and things. I wasn't really able to show my best work and let, let things be, like, the most representative of what I can do just because, like, I had to work a ton and I was yeah. tired all the time. And I really wish I could go back and you know, remove some of the distractions, some of the stressors, so I could really just focus on, like, my schoolwork. So when I was right. able to, I did great work, but unfortunately, 
And I think the case for a lot of like low income students, we just aren't able to all the time, like only focus on school. We have a lot of things going on. Right. No, exactly. I, I completely agree. And I think it's also hard being in a city where you know, it's so expensive at mm-hmm. first of all. Girl, I've been looking for apartments. Oh my God. <laughs> a mess. A hot mess. <laughs> like, so, because it's it's almost 2200 average for like a one bedroom or studio. Yeah, and I, so I live in Maryland now because I knew like oh. my non-negotiable, non-negotiable would be to live by myself. And I just okay. wasn't able to swing that like in DC. So yeah, to move a little bit further out to get what I wanted, but I'm enjoying it. But yeah, DC rent is something serious for sure. No, no. Um, as I've been looking, I just keep thinking, I'm like, okay, well, this is not as high as New York City, right? <laughs> right? Because I feel like that's the standard. And then yeah. I, I feel like I'm inching in towards that. It's, it's close. It's not there yet, but it's like I feel like it's yet. getting higher and higher. Yeah. Oh, so, so crazy. But um, once again, thank you for coming on the show. And I want to give you the opportunity to introduce yourself, what you've been up to. Yeah, so I'm Maya Fleming, and I went to Georgetown um, from 2015 to 2019 and graduated last year um, and kind of found myself in this space of like, oh, my God, what's going on? Like, post-grad life. Oh, my goodness. And it was weird because it was something I'd always, like, wished for. Like, Like I said, college wasn't the most fun time for me because... I was balancing so many different things and I was like, oh, when I can finally graduate, like life's going to be amazing. And then, wow, I've graduated. I've gotten this full-time job, making a salary and I'm still broke all the time. I'm so lonely. (laughs) I'm sad. It's like, what's going on? Um, And I think I just had a moment of like, no, like I am not going to sit here and like live like this. Like I am going to do whatever I need to do to make my life feel better. Mm -hmm. Um, And I started gentler that weekend. I pulled out my phone and recorded in the voice memos. It sounds awful, but I left it out <laughs> because it's like the first episode of gentler. And like, I wanted to just, whenever I have like the courage to listen to it again, um, I, I wanted to be like a mark of where I was at that time. Um, right. So yeah, I started focusing on, and I had already kind of like been focusing a little bit on intentional self-care, but um, starting gentler and like having to come up with a topic every week and like having to come up with a framework required me to start implementing things in my own life so I could be like okay like does this actually Mm. work like what's going on Mm. um so since then um I've been able I just I think the biggest mark is just my feelings and like I feel better and like all that but it's also had tangible effects like I paid off all my consumer debt and I got a dog after wishing and hoping like oh I wish I could afford a dog and now suddenly that's opportunities there and just things like that so I've been doing gentler since probably October and sharing self-care tips and a lot of it involves finances for me. So that's a big part of gentler as well. Um, and yeah, now I'm here trying to ride out quarantine life and make the most of it. <laughs> right. I know. Now this is the big question after all mm-hmm. of that spiel, what kind of dog do you have? <laughs> I have a mini golden doodle. Her name is Ginger. She's red. She is like the sweetest thing ever. She's actually extra clingy today. I don't know what's going on with her. Like, I wish I could talk to her because she's just been like, pet me, pet me, pet me. Um, but she is like so sweet. Um, oh my god! Yeah, like, oh, I'm so glad. My you heart. Were, I'm so glad you were able to get a dog after all of that. It's what you deserve. <laughs> Thank you. Like, I literally have been trying since this time last year. Like, when I moved to my apartment, I'm like, I need a dog. Like, someone, please give me one. <laughs> No, as time has gone on, like as you know, I moved home and I've, I've also lived by myself. Um, mm-hmm. This past year, I graduated in 2019 from UConn and um, nice. was living by myself in Boston. It's a different city, but um, I, the more I was living alone, the more I was thinking, I kind of want a dog. And before that would never really cross my mind, but then I, everyone was talking about how they have dogs and I was like, I kind of want one now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like it would really help like living alone, having a dog. So Yeah. And it like keeps me at like on a, a more strict routine. Like I have to get mm-hmm. out of bed at a certain time, but she has to eat. Like, I'm not just going to like look at her and be like, no ginger, you can't eat right now. I want right. to sleep in. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, and I, I'm required to get more time outside. We have to take her on walks. So it just, it, like, I think we were so easy. It, it's so easy for us sometimes to deny ourselves with things we need. But like when it's something else that you're denying, you're like, no, okay. Like you, you at least think twice about it. Like, right. and then you're like, okay, like maybe, and then hopefully that stuff rubs off so you start treating yourself better. But like, if it doesn't, that's like a good place to start, I think. No, exactly. So that's my excuse now. For me to be more um, productive, I'm just going to get a dog. I think that's the Do it, do it, do it. That's the solution. Um, Something you mentioned that I'm very interested in hearing more about, and that's why I'm really 
especially why I wanted to bring you here today, was the discussion of financial self-care. I think mm-hmm. that is so such an awesome topic um, because I think we talk a lot about self-care. As I mentioned, it's such a hot topic, but in the framework of finances and how you can apply it to be better, uh, to better manage your money and your lifestyle and achieve what you want to, I think that hasn't really been touched upon much. How did you think about that idea of financial self-care? Yeah. So um, I guess going back like two years, I studied abroad in Australia for six months, like junior awesome. year of college. And it was really cool. Um, but unfortunately I had this weird health issue come up um, kind of like right as the trip was starting and it ended up costing me thousands of dollars. And it was just like the, like, it just was really, really tough. Cause now I'm in like Australia, like halfway across the globe, I'm right. having issues like paying for rent, um, having significant issues, paying for food, like just a lot of stuff. And I just noticed like the, like, like the detriment it had on my mood and like my general, like ability to show up in other ways. Like I wasn't going to class cause I was like stressed out and like sad and like all that stuff and just felt terrible. Um, and then I kind of, you know, got through that um, and then finished up school. And like I mentioned before, I graduated, got this full-time job, like salary benefits, all this stuff that I said I wanted. And then I still wasn't feeling like that good about money. And I was just thinking to myself, like, why is it that I am making significantly more money, but I'm still feeling like I'm in the same place I was in before. Um, and I realized it was just a lot of it was because I didn't feel good about money in general. Like, my money mindset was all, like, messed up. I had grown up in a low-income family. So I just had this idea that, one, there's never enough money. Two, I'm not good with money for whatever reason. Even though I knew, like, if you talked to me about, like, financial literacy, I knew so much about, like, how to spend money. And I kept telling myself, like, okay, mm. if I finally, you know, if I, if I could get, like, enough money, I would definitely know what to do with it if I had it. And it's like, okay, right. but you're not doing those things like what you can with your money now. Like, right. You're not you know, following like, through with that. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And I kept saying to myself, like, if I could just get a break, like if I could just come into some money, like I would, I would do it. Um, and I yeah. had several moments of just like, like one year I really wanted a camera super badly. And I was like, how am I ever going to afford the ca- How am I ever going to afford a camera? Um, and I had this banking app at the time and it showed me how much money I spent on Uber Eats. And it was literally the amount I could have paid for a nice brand new camera. And that was disgusting to me. Um, I was so just like disturbed. Um, but I realized it's like, okay, you're like everything that you do is a choice, like with your money, like mm. everything, like, and I can do all the affirmations. I can do all the face masks, all the like journaling in the world. But if my money is messed up, like I do not feel good. Like money is a thing that can derail my entire self-care practice. Right. Um, and there are little things I can do to start feeling better about money. And one thing was kind of, cause I thought money was something that just happened to me. Like, you know, we just, we might have money, but we lose it. Um, I was always in a place of where I, I would forget I signed for a subscription and then I get charged and it's like, well, that's what I do. I lose money, you know, and it just all kind of like played into this whole idea until I was like, okay, first things first, I have to figure out what I actually want out of my money. What are my non-negotiables? Mm. And then what can I do to get in control of my money? Because if you don't feel like you're in control of money, like it's just going to keep on like running things for you, like running your life. So I had to like get in control and that you know, meant making a budget, but also controlling the way I earned money and making sure that everything that surrounded money like felt good or felt as good as possible for me. And I'm, it's still a process, you know, like right. I couldn't just quit my job at the time and, you know, just find a job I was in love with. But it was like maybe I could like start working towards that and have a side hustle I'm in love with and like just kind of transition out of that. My daughter is like, hi, Ginger. Yeah, talk to me. Like, <laughs> um, but <laughs> But yeah, so like I had to just, I had to kind of make my feelings around money be positive ones instead of ones of like fear mm. and stress and all of that like they happen. Because right. when you believe bad things about money, like you'll find a way to make those things happen. Right. And I, I love how you mentioned that you had to create a positive narrative around money, right? Because um, I think it's so easy right now, at least the conversation around money, at least with young people, I find, at least with my friends, it's kind of like, you just spend it. Like you do what you need. You go mm-hmm. out, you go out to the bar the weekend, you go out for dinner, you do, mm-hmm. you, you do all these things. It's very easy to do it, right? But then the second we start talking about saving, it's a bit stressful. Not, mm-hmm. not even saving, but just even maintaining what you have and yeah. actually having to sit down and get the details as to what you're doing with your money, as you said, right? Having the goal set and the value set 
it gets stressful. And it's like, how do we create that positive mindset around, you know, being excited to budget these things and seeing, visualizing what that end goal looks like. I think that Mm -hmm. really helps in, you know, starting. And that was one of my next questions was, it's very hard to start doing this, right? Because of the cultural narratives. And you mentioned some ways you did, but what were the things you said to yourself to get yourself to start, but then also continue and maintain this path? Yeah. So it all kind of came down to, like I said, that one weekend where I kind of had this epiphany of like, I deserve more than like being stressed out about all this. I deserve to be able to come home and relax. And so then like slowly but surely every negative financial decision that I made kind of felt like me rejecting myself in that way and betraying myself Mm. and being like you, you know, like I had to think of myself as like my inner child and like having that kid look at me and be like, you said I deserve to be stress-free and be happy. So why are you doing this now? Like, why are Mm. you like doing all that? Now with that being said, it's like, okay, I have to rework the way I'm doing some things. If I know, because my thing is always food delivery. Even now, like if I go out of budget, <laughs> yeah. I, it's because of Uber Eats. So, and right. I, I know enough at this point where I know why I'm doing that. So it's not enough just say like, save your money, stop buying Uber Eats. Because I'm going right. to do it anyway. Like no one's taking my phone. Like I'm going to do right. it. So like right. I have to connect it to something else. And I have to make sure that the alternative is also exciting for me. So if I'm not getting Uber Eats, then the food at home needs to be like, you know, good, make me not want to get Uber Eats. So <laughs> yeah. maybe yeah. I had, and I talked about it in my last episode, like, you know, I put more money into my grocery budget so that I'm not just eating ramen noodles because on day six, I'm going to be like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to just like order five guys or right. like order sushi or something. So yeah. kind of figuring out, and like I said, recognizing what you want, just like figure out like what, like what are the non-negotiables to you? Like, what are you spending your money on? Like, look at your bank statements and look at, what is actually happening with your finances and do it without judgment. Like I was spending a ton of money at Starbucks because I just worked like my office is right next to a Starbucks. So I was there all the time. It's just, you know, like obviously something about going to Starbucks, going to like ordering Uber Eats makes me feel a kind of way. How can I get that same feeling, but like Mm -hmm. spending less money or doing it in a way that's more aligned with what I want. Um, And just knowing like, like it's kind of hard for me to just save money and just like put it in my savings. But if I can connect it to something, if I can say I'm saving for X or I'm saving for this reason, then it, it feels a little bit better. Right. Um, creating a budget, obviously, like I said, but also in that budget, including like, I, I always include my cumulative savings in my budget so I can just see like, okay, if I just stick to it, this is how much money could be in that account at the end of it. And it makes me more excited to save it. And I'm like, wow, so much money. Like that's incredible. And also just like getting ahead of myself. Like mm-hmm. I had to like, you know, before I was using Bank of America, they were charging me $35 every time I overspent by a dollar. And it's like, oh my God, like mm-hmm. I'm a senior in college. I'm in this hole. I'm just stressed. I was like, let me just like get all my money out of this. Right. Stop doing that. Let me switch to a fee-free bank. Let me find a bank that's extremely difficult for me to transfer from savings so that I don't do that all the time either. And I get penalized or something just noticing what like your little like pitfalls are and trying to find ways to get ahead of it. Like you really have to be your own parent. You have to like mm-hmm. recognize what, what's the best for you, what you want, but then also find ways to make sure that you're going to get as closely as possible to that. Talking to your friends about money, talk about your savings yes. goals with your friends and like they will keep you in line when they see you buying that fourth drink at happy hour. They'll be like, Hey <laughs> Maya girl, like what girl. you trying to say for X, Y, Z thing? Like, yeah. I don't know. Just people you trust that you can say like, hey, I need you to keep me in line. If that's what you need, and I know I really struggle with accountability. So you have to like recognize what those things are for yourself. Right. I Something that you mentioned, and I heard in actually one of your podcast episodes, again, I love your podcast. <laughs> you said, you know, what would your bank statement say about you? And I think mm-hmm. you just mentioned going back and just looking at like, what are you actually spending your money on? And it made me think about what I spend my money on. Cause I'm someone who I don't, and everyone, again, everyone's very individual in this, right. With, with finances, mm-hmm. I'm someone who I'm not, I don't spend a ton of money on clothes. Like I'm not inclined to be like, Oh, when I go to the store, I'm like, I have to buy this. No, I'm someone who I will spend money on food. And I noticed that on my bank statements, I'm not ordering like a, you know, delivery, but I noticed a lot of the times that, you know, I was going out with CC, my friends, spending money on food, even at work, because people in my environment would be buying, Mm -hmm. going to buy coffee. I would also Mm -hmm. say, okay, well, everyone's going, so I'm just going to go and also get this coffee. And then it made me think about, 
college, right? Because college also has that environment of, okay, well, everyone's delivering, everyone is ordering, everyone is um, getting coffee. And I recognize how my environment really impacts what I spend. And because I noticed when I came home for quarantine, <laughs> I moved back to Connecticut back in my parents' house. And yeah. <laughs> I noticed I wasn't spending nearly as much as I was when I was by myself and I was with certain people or like going to work and things like that. And so I thought that was really interesting and it helped me to put mm -hmm. in perspective like, okay, this is what you're spending your money on. How can we take this and apply it to something else that you are actually really passionate about that are mm -hmm. not dependent on what other people in your environment are doing, you know? Right. Yeah. 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 So I'm very much like whenever my boss is like, cause my department is just me and my boss. So she comes to my office and is like, yeah, so I'm going to go get food. You're, you're coming. So get your jacket, like right. all that stuff. And I'm like, no, but I don't, I shouldn't spend money. But I found that when I like actually just brought my lunch and just mm -hmm. had it in front of me, also saying things out loud. Like yeah. I heard this tip and it's, I think it's from that book, Atomic Habits. I haven't read it yet, but it's on my okay. list, but like okay. saying things out loud as you do them, like, okay, I am going to go buy lunch, even though I have perfectly good lunch on my desk right now that I brought from home. And like, for me, that doesn't make Ooh, sense. And it's right, like, right. no, I'm not going to go buy lunch. So like doing things, saying things out loud and just like naming exactly what I'm doing, I find it's like been helping me a lot. Yeah. And what was the, what was for you the number one thing that you wanted to cut after you saw your bank statements? You said you mentioned the delivery and the ordering, oh my God, right? That was so disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was there anything else? Was there anything um, else? I'm curious. Um, okay. So definitely the food delivery that broke my heart. Um, the coffee, the coffee was like, so, and I didn't, I never thought I was really like a coffee person, but it right, was literally just because like, my office was right by it. So it was like, oh, like, I'm bored. I'm going to go get a coffee, like, you yeah. know, whatever. But mm -hmm. um, so I got that, like, I wanted to cut that out. And it just so happened that my mom asked me what I wanted for Christmas around that time. And I was like, oh, actually, I want an espresso maker, like, get that. Because I knew, like, there was something that Starbucks gave me, you know, not just the coffee, but also feel like I was getting a coffee. And like, it was a little luxurious, even though like Starbucks right. isn't that like special, but like, it was more than just coffee, you know, so it wasn't enough for me to just get like regular drip coffee. Like I had like a French press at home, but I wanted something like special and like luxurious, something that just like had that energy that I was getting from Starbucks. So that opportunity came up because it's not so much about like denying yourself what you want. It's just how can you get that without like spending so much or like doing right. it in a way that's more aligned with what you want. So that was another right. thing. Um, hmm. I think those are probably like the most, oh, I got into this really nasty habit of stopping at Target every day on my way home from work. Like it's really? like right in like the exact line. So whenever I had a stressful day, I would just go to Target and be like something here. And then like, so the Metro stop is, um, Target comes first and then next is TJ Maxx and Marshalls oh, and like yep, all yep, those places. Yep. And I'm like, okay, I didn't find anything at Target. So let me just go look over here and next see stop. like, just like one thing. <laughs> and the then road. like, I have a whole freaking basket of like right. $5 items. And so I, I wanted to get all of that out. And now it's just more so about making, you know, like if I say I need something like just like, okay, what is this going to bring me? Is there any other way I can get this? Like, right. so is this purchase absolutely necessary? And I also make sure I budget out fun money for myself. So I don't feel yeah. like I'm missing out on things. Like I do what I need to do so I can like have what I want. Right. And I also, it was funny. You mentioned how, you know, you're bored, you go to the Starbucks, you do that. It made it a little special. I think thinking about myself, I, it's more of like the social thing. It's like, oh, well, you're mm -hmm. bored. Next best thing is go to the Starbucks down the road. And it's like, okay, well, mm -hmm. I, went to, I went to Starbucks today and I did something. You know, it makes you, again, it makes you feel good. Mm -hmm. It makes you feel like you're doing something. And I think, especially as someone who lived by myself, that also kind of played into that where it's like, oh, it's, it gives me something to do. Yeah. And <laughs> something to talk about. Because everyone also talks about, how they went to Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks. They're like, oh yeah, I, I would stop by Starbucks. So it's like, oh, I should also stop by Starbucks. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very yeah, like, and I don't know like why. Like, I feel more productive with a Starbucks cup in my hand. It's just right? there's so many things that like these purchases represent for for us that just aren't necessarily true. Like, and I think the first step in like really getting good with money is kind of 
recognizing that those things might not be true and we can rewrite the way we feel about all these different purchases and all that and the, the way we feel about ourselves. Right. Like we just have this like tendency to think that we're worth less if we don't buy certain things. And it's like, mm-hmm. you're not like, you're still doing great. Like you're doing amazing. You're just like rejecting that, that narrative. Right. And I, so when I started recognizing these things, partly because I was listening to your podcast, <laughs> <laughs> really, truly, I started, I mean, I, again, I'm someone who I'm, I think I'm generally fiscally conservative, but I could be better. So mm-hmm. when I started like paying more attention to these things and actually um, saving, I mean, saving isn't like, again, saving is like the natural thing we think of, right? When it comes right. to, right? But it's really, again, reallocating like what your priorities are. But mm-hmm. at least for me, when I did that, I did end up saving, which was great. And so I realized how much better I felt when I needed to make an investment in something or purchase. And I was able to do that because without being concerned about, okay, well, I already spent so much on these things and th- I have these bills com- coming up in the next month. Like, what mm-hmm. do I do? A lot less stress. And mm-hmm. how, how did you see yourself changing when you started to apply these tactics in your own life? Yeah. So like you said, I just, I felt much less stressed about like the bigger items. Like when it came time to pay rent, I was just like, okay, like, yeah, sure. And like, now I'm not stressing and worrying about that anymore. Um, I, like I said, I really wanted to get a dog and I was like, how am I ever going to be able to afford a pet? Um, And so then I was just like, okay, like how much money would I need to get a dog? And I got to the point where I was like, okay, I don't feel comfortable pulling this out of my account. Like I don't, you know, it's not that worth it, but can I make this money? So I wrote an ebook for my podcast. I sold it. And I think most people don't know, like the sole reason why I did the ebook when I did is so I could get a dog. And I was like, I'm going to make the money that I want for this dog from this ebook. And so that's what I chose to do. And I felt much more like I felt much more secure about it and less like stressed. And anytime I needed to, like my dog had um, a UTI unexpectedly. So I had to go to the vet. And normally I would have been like, oh my God, like how am I going to pay for this? Like this is all like, but since it was coming out of my savings, because I had been like paying myself first and doing all that, I was just kind of like, okay, yeah, sure. Like, and, you, and you're able to like realign your values. Like, I think so many times we don't realize like what the stress and fear of money is making us do. Like, before when I had that issue in Australia with my eye, I put off going to the doctor for so long because I just knew it was going to be expensive. Uh, and it's like, yeah, take no. care of yourself first. And like, right. I can't imagine like if I, thought in the back of my mind that I wouldn't be able to afford a vet visit, would I have put off taking my dog to the vet and like getting her the medicine that she needed? Like, yeah. and, and it's like, you can't like, you can't really blame people for that. Cause that's like a stress thing. And I don't even think a lot of people can name it, but like mm-hmm. we make so many decisions because we have this idea of money. So when money can like you eliminate that as a stressor, mm-hmm. you're able to live a lot more freely. And so that's like probably been the biggest thing that I've been, I've been noticing in myself. Right. And something that you mentioned in your podcast is that, and actually you mentioned it earlier today, was that you were able to pay off your consumer debt, which Mm -hmm. is absolutely amazing. So congrats to you on that. Thank you. Um, A lot of people who are in postgrad are concerned about student loan debt. And that is a huge beast. Like, I don't even want to think about mine. I get like stressed (laughs) thinking about it right now. Yeah. So what do you, what do you say to our listeners who might be dealing with that? And what are the ways you've been kind of working on that? If you have, if you have. Yeah. So after um, paying off my consumer debt, I was like, you know, okay. My, the next logical thing I guess would be working on my student loan debt. Right. Um, and I was kind of like, okay, I'll, I'll make a plan and do that. But I realized the reason I paid off my consumer debt was not just to say I paid it off. Like I really wanted to be able to give myself more options, like as far as credit goes and all of that stuff. And at the time right. I was thinking about moving. And so there was like an actual reason why I was like, okay, I need to get this together. And I realized mm-hmm. that with my student loan debt, um, a lot of it was going to be simply to say I paid off my student loans. You know what I mean? Like in, yeah. in, we, we see people like, you know, bragging about that so much. And like, I did the all same the thing when I paid off my consumer debt. I was like, oh, I paid off all my debt like that. But I try to make it clear on the podcast. I did not just do it for the sake of doing it. Right. Um, because I don't like, we, we put so much value on that. And I actually listened to another podcast. I don't know if you listen to the friend zone, um, okay. but I don't think so. they had um, the budget Nisa on there. She talked about how like she put so much energy in paying off her debt and she wished that she had put that much energy into starting her business. And that way, mm. you know, she would have made the money. You know, when you pay off like tens of thousand dollars in debt, 
that, that's it. That's all you have to show for it, you know? But if you take that money and, like, invest it into something that can make you more money, and I, I like, yes. I want everyone to be clear. I am not saying put off your debt. But for me in my life right, <laughs> right now, it is not necessarily a priority for me to just pay off my debt to say I did it. Um, and I would, you know, keep up with your payments for sure. Make your payments. Don't get behind if you can. Um, just, you know, stay on top of it. But for me, I would much rather put money into gentler, put money into other things that will get big. And then in the future, paying off my debt won't be an issue. You right. know, like I'll have that money and I'll be able to have something else to show for it. Um, so I, that that's where I am on that right now. Um, and there's so many like different plans and stuff. And like, you know, with COVID-19, they, they uh, stopped payments for a lot of people. And I went ahead and took advantage right. of that because I was like, you know, like, yeah, there are other things I can put money towards right now and, instead of doing that. And, you know, this is a way for this to become a little bit more of an opportunity for me. So for me, financial self-care, like I said, it's about what feels good. And of course you want to make logical decisions and what feels good doesn't mean this McDonald's is like really like making mm. me feel amazing right now. That's not right. what I mean by what feels good. <laughs> like, I mean like yeah. what is aligning with your values in this moment? Like mm -hmm. what do you really want to accomplish and how can you let your money do that for you? And for me, it's, it's not so much paying off. And, I, and I, I'll say this, I don't have that much student loan debt. Um, I was low income, so I didn't have a ton of loans, but you know, I have enough. So, you know, for me right now, it's loans like, are loans. I, yeah. Like yeah. I don't want to, cause you know, when I drop that money, it'll just be dropping that money and like, you know, that's it, you know? So mm -hmm. I'm focusing more so now on like building other things so that in the future paying off my loans completely won't really be an issue. Right. And that's something I've learned in this past year, especially um, considering, you know, we graduated and then there's a pandemic and all this. So I realized very quickly that I wanted to create opportunities for myself rather than waiting for someone to give them to me. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of the times we search and search, especially when we graduate, it's like we're searching for the perfect job. We're searching for that big salary. Like we're always chasing that. And hoping for someone to give us that and to give us that feeling. And I recognized mm -hmm. that it's more important to create the opportunities for um, yourself, have them speak for themselves, and then mm -hmm. that will bring in the money mm -hmm. or what you what you need. Exactly. And, and it gives you the room to be more creative and, and more, I think that in itself is self-care because then mm -hmm. you feel, you gain confidence in what you're doing. You learn what works best for you. You learn how to prioritize. Um, and then you also learn how to market yourself to other people and how you, um, you, you learn about how you, want, how you want people to perceive you as well. Mm -hmm. And again, I think that all ties into money because it's like, how are you investing in yourself? Reminding mm -hmm. yourself it is okay to invest in yourself. Um, mm -hmm. I'm someone that I, in my mind, I'm always like, don't spend, don't spend. But something that one of my really good friends, her name is Catherine Fryer, she told me, was that we were shopping one day. I think we were at the mall or something. And I just, again, I don't buy anything. I'm like, I'm trying to my mind, like, don't do it. Don't do it. And she had, she's also the same way, but she was, you know, getting clothes and stuff for work. And she said that she recently reminded herself that it's okay to invest in herself. Because for example, if you're buying, you know, new clothes for work, you're investing in the way you look and how mm -hmm. you are presented to people, which gives you confidence, which is yeah. it's an investment in yourself, which is the, it should be the number one priority, but we don't even think about it or frame it in that way. It's more of like, mm -hmm. well, don't spend money because you don't need it. And that's it. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I recently bought myself like new clothes and like, I'm not going anywhere. Like, you know, whatever, right? but I know like when I can, I'm really big into like part of my self-care practice, kind of like stepping into the identity of who I want to be. I talk all the time about like who is your dream self? Like, who is your ideal self? What right. does she do? What mm -hmm. does she wear? What does she eat? Like all those things to just kind of get you closer and closer and closer to that frame of mind. And then obviously like acting in the way that she does. And for me, it's a lot easier when I can look in the mirror and I feel like, oh yeah, this is how like ideal Maya dresses, how she looks. And I, I can right. trick myself into thinking like at least for a couple of hours that I am ideal Maya. And I noticed that my, my, like energy towards my work picked up so much more that I just kind of mm. felt like that girl, you know, like, but sometimes it's also easy for your mind to trick you into thinking like, when you buy this yoga mat and these pairs of shoes, you will just be working out all the time. Oh, so no. I would say like, start small, right. see how you respond to things. And if you are positive, positively responding to things in that way, 
then sure, go ahead and go into it more because we should all absolutely be investing in ourselves um, and, and denying yourself of that. It's just putting forth, putting, setting your success like further and further back, I think. And I mean, yeah. like I'll speak for myself, like I've, I've seen that so much. Right. I, I just, you mentioned the gym and I just think about um, this past year, how I invested in like a gym membership. And it's something that, again, like you would think at first it was, I was like, oh, if I, ha- if I buy this, I've paid for it. So I have to go. Right. And mm-hmm. that's not, it's not the case. It's again, Mm-mm. it's really, really reframing it to have you, to increase your understanding of why you're doing this. Like what is mm-hmm. the value in me buying this gym membership? I was, I um, had to really tell myself like, okay, like, this is what you want to achieve, right? This is what you want to accomplish. I'm a dancer. So I, there was a certain goal I had in mm-hmm. for dance. And in order for me to get there, I needed the space to rehearse and practice. And so mm-hmm. that involved me investing my money in that. Um, there was a certain like way I wanted to look. Right. And so, and I, there's nothing wrong with that. I think you, you should be allowed to express and like set those goal for, goals for yourself. Yeah. And I said, okay, well, in order for me to do that, this is what I need to do. And one of those things was getting the membership and that helped me so much. And so once I actually connected it to something that I mm-hmm. wanted and had been dreaming about, then it made more sense. And it, I was like, oh, now I feel more motivated to accomplish this because I've connected it in that way. Yeah. And we, we put so much, we have so many like things that we feel like society like tells us we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So we don't understand that a lot of the things that we, like a lot of the goals we set, we don't really want. So when you're able to connect mm-hmm. it to something that you actually want, mm-hmm. it's so much easier to like follow through with it. I'm still working on like gym, like working out and doing all that. But similarly to you, like I knew I really wanted to get back into tumbling and like adult tumbling practices, but oh. I thought like, okay, like if I'm going to invest this money into that, I need to make sure I'm conditioning right now. Make sure I can handle like mm. doing like a back handspring and that I'm strong enough to like do all of these moves. So that made working out a little bit easier for me because I'm like, okay, I'm doing this for tumbling. I'm getting in condition. Like right. I'm working towards this goal. But if I'm just like, oh, I need to go work out because I'm 23 and I'm supposed to be working out, like that gets me absolutely nowhere. Like I will sit on my couch and be like, tomorrow, like you know, like. Some right. like somehow something's gonna happen tomorrow that's gonna make me a totally different person who likes working out and doing all that. But right. that's why we treat a lot of those things. Mm-hmm. I think that's really interesting too because it's like I think a lot of people are eight or people in general love the idea of comparison and we put our faith in other people to tell us what we're supposed to do. And I think mm-hmm. that just makes it so much harder for us to follow through. So again, like as you mentioned, just connecting it to something that's personal, bringing it down to a personal level to something that you can visually see. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's also really important um, too, especially when we're setting goals for money to set goals that are tangible not like mm-hmm. that overarching idea of, oh, I want to pay off all my student loan debt because, you know, I, that's what everyone says you should do. Well, I'm supposed right? to. Loans right? are bad. Like, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But bringing it down to something like, well, okay, this is what I can afford. So based on that, let's do this. This is something I'm excited about. Let's meet that goal. I'm more likely mm-hmm. to achieve that rather than this big overarching goal of like, I need to pay my student loan debt. Oh, how do I even get there? How do I even start? Mm-hmm. That in itself is so daunting. And it's like, well, I guess I'm not going to even start because it's like, how do you start? And it's too big. I, I don't want to deal with it. It's too much stress. Right. Yeah. A lot of the stuff that we're talking about is seems like almost short-term, almost like short-term purchases and things like that. But right. how, how do you apply this to longer-term investments or um, longer-term goals and dreams? You mentioned that you wanted to have businesses, right? You want There are certain mm-hmm. things you wanted to do. Um, we talked about student loan debt, but how do you apply something like this to a longer-term goal and how have you done that? Yeah, so I am really big into, like you said, like having goals you can see. So vision boards are super big for me. I have a Pinterest board that I try to look at like, periodically I just looked at it yesterday and it's just like my dream boards like just like things I would like to see in my life um in the future so I try to like stay connected to that idea so that I don't I heard like a long long time ago on the podcast that the way we think about our future selves like the same way we think about celebrities and that like Hmm. it's somebody that we're kind of like we're familiar with but we don't really know that person like we haven't like the idea of future me doesn't really feel like me just yet. Like it doesn't feel like the decisions that I'm making now are affecting me in the future because I don't really feel connected with future me. So I try to do things oh. to like connect myself with future me so that I know like 
in five years and 20 years, it's going to be a real person out there, me, who's going to be like affected by all this stuff. So I do that. And then I also, I really just take the same thing, the same goals and I apply them. I know I want to be a mom someday. So one day Hmm. randomly I Googled like how much money should you have saved before you have a kid? I was horrified at the number I found. I was like, oh my God, (laughs) what? You were like, uh, holy crap. Like everyone's saving this amount of money for having kids. And like, obviously not. So like anything's doable, but like, I want it to be comfortable. You know, I want to feel ready. I want to, I don't want to be in a moment where I'm like, you know, should I get my kid this cough medicine and like pay my rent, you know, yeah. like, and I've seen that stuff. So I know I don't want to be there because I know that's a very real reality people face. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, you know, I, I tell myself, how can I build up to have this life that I want now to be comfortable having a kid, to be comfortable buying a house, moving to this place, how much money would I need to be making? What can I do now to kind of get myself closer to that? Can I put out more job applications? Can I work a little bit harder in my business, setting up some things to scale so that I can end up making that amount of money? Like, can I invest a lot more time and energy? Because financial self-care isn't just about money sometimes. It's like how much like energy, because sometimes you saving that money, like for me, I could hire a social media manager and like Mm -hmm. just completely remove the stress of, doing all the Instagram stuff. But that doesn't align perfectly with, you know, my my goals for right now. I'd rather like hire people to do other things. Um, So it takes time and energy to be able to do those things and do the social media on my own. And sometimes that's what it takes to go and go after those future goals. So just articulating what those goals are and thinking, okay, I have X amount of time. What can I do right now to kind of get myself ready for that point? Also, like I am constantly, consuming um, videos, books, media, just of people. I love watching people's budget videos. Like, I just love seeing, I think I didn't really understand, like, that it was possible all the time for people to be saving, like, X amount of money on this salary until I started Mm -hmm. seeing so many people doing it. It's like, why am I not doing it? Like, you know, like, I could have these things too. Like, why am I not giving this to myself? So surrounding yourself with people who talk about money, surrounding yourself with media that kind of, like, shows you what's possible with money. If you've grown up without having money, like me, a lot of stuff you just don't think is possible. So kind of like changing that narrative in your mind about it. I think that's so awesome because it reminded me, it reminds me of my own friends. I have one friend who literally has said, you know, she works and she's 22 and she has said, she said, I'm working, thinking about my future kids. Now that's mm-hmm. not something that you hear very often am- amongst young people at all. Yeah. It's more of like, again, the short term, the short term goals, like what can I do this weekend? What do I need to get today? And it makes sense because on a day-to-day basis, like those are the things we are concerned about, but you rarely ta- hear about people saying, well, my kids, or oh, well, my future house or well, you know, my future salary. And I think it's so important that we start to now normalize that more because I don't mm-hmm. think that's jumping the gun. I think that's just being Yeah, no, because like the number I saw, like I could not save in a year, like with the salary I'm making. And mm-hmm. another thing I do, I make future budgets. I'll like mm-hmm. use the same budget spreadsheet I use for my regular self, but like I'll, I'll make, I'll make one for like my ideal life just so I can get a number of like how much my ideal life would actually cost me. If I know I want a vacation to this spot, how much would that cost me? And then I can break it down and say, okay, I need to be making this amount per month to be able to even afford that lifestyle. Like, what can I do now to get me closer to that? But like seeing it actually like in numbers and like black Mm -hmm. and white helps so much. Oh, yeah. Because it makes, again, it makes it more tangible. And you're like, Mm -hmm. okay, maybe I can do this, you know? Mm -hmm. I love the videos that um, are like... I live in New York City. This is how much I spend. Yeah, <laughs> I like. Oh my god, they just like make me so inspired. I'm like, oh my god, I need to get on this. Like for right. sure. And it's like well, again, like as you said, I'll be watching the boss ones. I'm like, mm, oh, right, like <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think it's. I think it'd be, and that's why I wanted to bring this on the podcast because I think we need to start normalizing this kind of narrative of like, you know, we need to be prepared and that's okay. It's not, we're not rushing. I think it's just, you know, preparing now so that we don't have to rush later. And exactly. Like you're, later. you're bringing yourself ease, like just right. by doing a little bit more now. Yeah. And that's self-care. That is mm-hmm. self-care. Um, and it also, again, I, I keep repeating myself here, but I, I just want to stress that knowing this now will help you understand yourself better. 
and really realize who you want to be as a person. Because if you can't even, mm-hmm. the thing is, I think people don't realize money is like everything. I mean, we do, but then like, do you really? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> do you really? Because um, it's not a normal conversation people have. I think also people are scared to talk about money. It's like, you're not supposed to ask. These people are scared of money. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cause it, it does control everything. Um, and it's like, well, I don't want to ask like what this person is paying in rent. Like, you know, sometimes I watch these YouTube videos and it's like, well, I don't, a lot more people are being more transparent about what they mm-hmm. earn, for example, and you know, how they're spending their money. But that wasn't the case before, before it was right. much like, no, it's a taboo thing. Like you don't, you mm-hmm. don't talk about it, but I think it really helps other people to put things into perspective and be like, okay, again, as you said, if someone can achieve this, this is, I could also do the same thing even more maybe. Um, yeah. And, yeah. It, it definitely helps a lot. And I think once for myself, at least when I started like really aligning my purchases with my values, I had no issue or I had a less, issue, less of an issue, like telling people how much I paid in rent, for example, because I knew it was a non-negotiable for me to live by myself. So if somebody were like, oh, you're paying that much, like you could get, you know, a two bedroom and in this neighborhood with all that, it's like, okay, I don't want a two bedroom. I want to mm-hmm. live by myself. And I am, mm-hmm. you know, letting go of some of the things I don't care so much about. Like, yeah, I can't go out every weekend, but I didn't want to do that in the first place. I'm doing something I feel good about and that aligns with what I want to do. So I feel very secure in the fact that I'm paying sixteen fifty for rent in Rockville, yep. Maryland. You know, like yep. I, I'm fine with that. Yeah. And you just feel com- more confident. It's like, this mm-hmm. is what I wanted. And so this is what works for me. You do what works for you. But this is right now, this moment in time, this is what I need to do. In order and that to- might change. You know, right. if I lived in New York, I would probably be like, okay, yeah. one roommate, at least I can, I can do that. But you know, yeah. I don't live in New York. Right. Because again, that was the decision that I made. Any, any option is available to us at any time. So like, everything I'm doing right now is an active decision that I made. Mm-hmm. And I am okay with that. Yeah. I think we just tie things, we tie ourselves to people, to environments too much. And it makes us, I think it leads us to lose track of what we want to do and our sense of who we are, which makes things a lot more complicated. So then when we, it does come down to whether or not you need to spend money to do X, Y, or Z, it's like, okay, I don't even know where to begin because I don't even know what my values look like. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just a lot. And so thank you so, so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. I think that this was so helpful, honestly, for me, because (laughs) (laughs) I really appreciate all the work that you do too. Um, I I love it. (laughs) I feel like, like I'm, I feel the imposter syndrome, like creeping up and being like, who is she talking about? Like, (laughs) no, no imposter syndrome, not on this show. I I had an episode on, on imposter syndrome and that's something that I have felt first this whole year of post-grad oh my god like (laughs) oh my god I literally anytime my boss like says my name I'm like oh she's gonna fire me like she knows it's like this like oh my god like (laughs) me too it's coming (laughs) I'm like oh no here we go like this is figured it out like yeah she caught me (laughs) no no imposter syndrome not here, but I really do love your content. And I think thank you're doing you. a really great thing that a lot of people aren't talking about right now. So thank you so much. Thank you. Oh my <laughs> gosh, this is so fun. Yes. Okay, I'll talk to you soon. Great. Right, bye. bye. bye.